Folks, let me give you some friendly advice. Do not be the creative who spends thousands and thousands of your hard-earned dollars on equipment each year without spending one penny on your marketing. If there's ever been a time to rise above the noise and do something just a little bit different to impress your leads and wow your clients, I would say now's that time. And my favorite way to do that is by leveraging print promotion using the photography that I am the most proud of. So our amazing friends at Bay Photo Lab have almost every product that you can think of, from magazines to photo books to promo cards that you can leave behind. And listen, if you just want something to dazzle your office or living space at home with, well, they have options for that too. You can get prints and wall displays from basically every style, from canvas to metal to acrylic. And the best part is you can get 25% off your first time order just by going to bayphoto.com, signing up today. They ship everywhere in the world, folks, and all their products look incredible. So do yourself a favor, start leaving an impact, whether it's for your personal memories at home or for your professional marketing at work. Bay Photo Lab, designed by photographers for photographers. You are listening to Entrepreneurs, a podcast that inspires photographers and visual artists who live their best creative lives. My name is Michael Durr. I am your host and a full-time photographer here to give you some tools so you can build your life in creative self-employment. Beyond that, I get to sit down with an amazing community of creative professionals to talk about process, business, and the lessons that have helped them grow. So let's get to it. Entrepreneur Season 2, kicking off next. What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome to the show. My name is Michael Durr. I am your host, here to provide you some tools to improve your life in self-employment. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for supporting the show, as always. Now, today is a very small glimpse into a rather deep topic. It would be damn near impossible for me to go over everything on this topic. And I would say even furthermore, particularly irresponsible for me to sort of take ownership of being the one to fully educate you on it. So I'm going to just take it slow. We're going to look at one case and give just a little bit of insight into it. And hopefully down the road, there are going to be more conversations about intellectual property and copyright. So the primary question of the day is, you know, who gets the copyright when you take a picture? And when does that copyright start? Now, to set the scene, I'm going to reference a real-life scenario going on right now. Just to give you a little bit of context, I don't have the entire story. I'm just taking this from one particular blog post article. It's written by uh, photographer Harry Guinness at Pop Photo. I will link the story in the show notes as well. Uh, It involves a photographer and a couple megastar rap artists, so it should definitely pique your interest. So here's the section that I want to read. Photographer Al Pereira is taking Nas to court over a photo that Nas shared on his Instagram, according to Radar. Pereira originally took the photo of Nas and the rapper Tupac at Club Amazon in New York on July 23, 1993, but it didn't publish until 2017. Pereira also registered for copyright at the time. In 2020, Nas posted the photo to Instagram without licensing the image from Pereira. And according to Radar, the photographer is furious and accusing Nas of using his work to increase his social media stats. He also claims that Nas using the image for free has decreased the value of the work and is suing for unspecified damages as well as an injunction to stop Nas from using his work again. Now, in a short video shared to Instagram, Snoop Dogg expressed his confusion and anger at the situation, saying, how is a person suing Nas for a picture that he's in? Snoop continues to say, when you take a picture of someone, that picture ain't yours. That's a mere likeness type situation. You're borrowing my likeness. All right, so before I go any further, I am going to give you the disclaimer that I am no copyright expert. I am no IP attorney. I have talked to them before, but really, I'm just going to give you my honest take based on what I have gathered over the years through my own self-education, which may or may not be worth anything to you. But like all of the episodes that I do, at the very least, it is my hope that you are going to be inspired to ask more questions and find out the answers yourself. 
So with that disclaimer out of the way, let me respond to uh, Snoop's exclamation first that when you take a picture of someone, that picture isn't yours. That's a, a likeness situation is what he called it. All right. So there is there actually does exist a likeness reference in a statute called the right of publicity that he's referring to. OK, the only issue is I believe he's incorrect in his assessment of this specific case. So the right of publicity, and I'm reading this off legal zoom here, uh, reads that the right of publicity prevents the use of another's name, image, likeness, or other recognizable aspects of his or her persona for commercial gain without permission. Plainly put, this body of law grants an individual the right to control commercial use of his or her identity, although the specifics do vary by state. Okay, so the big word in that description to me is commercial. An individual has the right to prevent a photographer from using an image made in his or her likeness for commercial work. All right, so what does that actually mean? Well, it means that you can't use that image to sell a product or service. That can't be the image's intent. But in this case, the photographer is not using the image in such a way. It's not like he's using that image to be on a campaign for Audi or Tesla or Mercedes-Benz. That would be a clear violation of that person's right of publicity. And Nas would presumably hold that leverage. Now, because it says commercial work specifically, that opens up the door for anything editorial, which we've talked on the show before about being different than commercial because the essence of an editorial image is to drive story, not sales. It's about the narrative of what that image conveys. And so a photographer has the right to license that image out without permission directly from the subject if it's under the category of an editorial nature. Now, what makes this interesting is that the photographer isn't even the one looking to license the image out in this case. Maybe he did at other times, but it's actually the subject in this specific case who's the one publishing the image to drive his brand and is in turn being sued by the photographer for damages. And there's a line that I want to cite here. He says that the free use of that image on his platform effectively drives the price down on that image. It decreases the value of that work, which from an outside perspective, and that's all I have, is I would say that that's probably very true. Because once an artist as big as Nas starts sharing something, the chances are that everyone else is going to infringe on it. It becomes viral, gets pulled a thousand different ways, and then it becomes this monster. It becomes nearly impossible as the original photographer to get on top of that and wrangle that in. So I think he's got a right to be upset. I think there's validity there in his loss of value on that image. Now, I don't know the contractual terms of his original assignment, but the fact that he registered the copyrights of those images indicates to me that in all likelihood, he had favorable terms for him to retain those copyrights. Now, I want to answer the basic question that I started this episode off with, which is who gets the copyright when you take the picture and when does it start? When does the copyright begin? So a copyright, from my understanding, protects expressive works. Okay, so your idea is not copyrighted. The song that you've created in your head is not protected by copyright. You know, so you could have an image conceived in your mind's eye that is not protected by copyright. It needs to be produced. It needs to be what they call expressed for that protection to occur. So what you're looking for is a tangible expression that people can ultimately experience for it to qualify. For instance, when you put that song that's in your head on paper for the first time, that is something that can now be protected by copyright. And you don't even have to have the whole recorded album yet. You just need the sheer act of putting the melody and the lyrics on paper that proves you created it. That's enough for copyright protection. So think of anything that falls under literary works like books, screenplays, articles. Those are protected by copyright. And you go with graphic arts, fine arts, sculptures, photography, the same thing, because they've been tangibly expressed or produced. So with that being said, you know, the second Al Pereira took that photo in 1993, 
he was effectively protected by copyright law. Now, he did register the copyright, but he did not have to register the copyright to be protected by it. He inherently received it because he did not sign his rights away, which we will talk about in another episode about, you know, doing work for higher assignments and signing your copyrights away. Uh, that right was already his and his client honored that. And if you're curious about how long copyright protection lasts, uh, I'm reading this off the copyright.gov website. I'll link that as well in the show notes. For works created after January 1st, 1978, copyright protection lasts for the life of the author plus an additional 70 years. Okay, so 70 years after you're dead is when your copyright term will end. Now, Al Pereira went an extra step further to register his copyright, which is simply going to give him the ability to collect additional statutory damages if he wins the case. So it's a really interesting discussion. This article goes on to talk about how public figures often feel that copyright is being uh, weaponized in this industry by people who are looking to make money off of them. And, you know, I, I can't universally defend or accuse that accusation as being uh, true or false. I think like anything, there are people looking to take advantage of the rules in place and go on offense, and others are merely looking to use it for protection of their inherent rights. So I understand the frustration. I understand the anger from both sides. I would simply advise you, as well as myself, when confronted with these types of situations, uh, because chances are it's going to happen, right? It may be not exactly like this specific case, but your work is more than likely going to be infringed upon in some fashion. Uh, just approach it as professionally as you can. So uh, don't take these things personally. It's only going to get you pissed off. Stay cool. Think your way through it. Consult professionals. You know, make decisions uh, with a little bit more logic, not just emotion. And I think you'll be okay. So that's sort of all I wanted to leave you with for this episode. I know it was very short. It was very to the point. Uh, but when it comes to IP, I know I get overloaded very easily. You know, 15 minutes in, uh, my brain starts to get dizzy. So I just wanted to give you a little bit of insight that you inherently own the copyright when your art is expressed in tangible form. That was number one. Uh, the right of publicity is there to protect people from commercial exploitation, but in the works of non-commercial usage, uh, there is no violation so long as you hold the copyright, meaning you haven't sold that copyright to your employer. And um, I think I'm going to get into model releases on another episode as well. I'm going to table that for now, but uh, that is going to tie into commercial and editorial licensing in an important way. So stay tuned for that. I think that's going to be my time, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Links are going to be in the show notes. I promise I'm going to get a true IP expert on the show one of these days, and uh, we'll really get into it. For now, you can find us on all your favorite platforms. Entrepreneurs Season 2, rolling on. My name is Michael Durr. Goodbye, everybody, and I'll see you next week. What's up, entrepreneurs? Thank you for tuning in and making it all the way to the end of the episode. If you enjoyed the content you just listened to, hit subscribe and tune in again next week. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Entrepreneurs Pod for updates, promos, and giveaway contests that we run throughout the year. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out our really cool website, EntrepreneursPod.com. It's a great resource for you to download informational PDFs and booklets, access discount codes from our amazing affiliates, and read what our audience is up to on our community blog. For now, I just want to say thank you for tuning in, supporting the show, and being a part of this journey. This is Michael Durr signing off for now, Entrepreneurs Season 2. Let's go. This episode of Entrepreneurs was brought to you by Bay Photo Lab. First-time orders receive 25% off on any professional photo printing product or service. Yes, I said 25%. Just go to bayphoto.com to browse the amazing selection of gifts, prints, and displays. That's bayphoto.com once again. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.